right, welcome to the Krug Show. Hope everybody's having a great day. January the 17th, 608 on the West Coast, 908 on the East Coast. Welcome to our Wednesday night call-in show. Busy day today down in Santa Clara. I was there all day yesterday, all day today. Just got back in the house. Lots of traffic. But we're going to do the call-in show a little early tonight because Kev's got a hot date. Kev's got a hot date, man. We He's got to take his girl out for dinner. It's her birthday. Um, and uh, so everybody's, you know, we, we got to know. Last week we did this call-in show at 8 p.m. So we're moving it up a couple hours so Kev and his and his lovely girl can go uh, have a, a nice dinner um, down there in Slow somewhere. Kev, um, who picked the place? Did you pick the place? Did she pick the place? Have you picked a place of where you're going to have this birthday dinner tonight? I mean, obviously, she picked the place. Come on. It's her birthday. <laughs> I know. You know my, on my birthday, I expect to pick the place. You know, we'd go to a steakhouse. But I think we're going to a place in downtown Slow called Flower House, which is like a local pizza pizza place, but not like typical like round pizza, like square pizza. I don't know. Never, foof, I've never a been. foofy pizza place, kind of, kind of. A yes, foofy. exactly. That's exactly the word I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, what was the pizza place that we went to across from the barbecue place? Remember, we went down there and there was a oh, Woodstock. Woodstock. Yeah, that was a good pizza yeah. place. I like that. That was good pizza. It's just pricey. It's like thirty bucks for a pizza, and it's like ah. they have like Tuesday on Tuesdays. They have like a pint night stuff, so you get sliced cheaper. But pizza's expensive, man. If you go to a nice pizza place, like the, it, it shouldn't cost more than twenty bucks for a large pizza. But it's like, oh, that'll be thirty two ninety nine. It's like what? Really? Yeah, seriously, food food is. I mean, food food overall right now is very very pricey uh but we won't we don't want to get into it because we get into it all of a sudden it's a discussion about politics and everything else so we won't get into it but um thanks to everybody for stopping by on the crew show we're brought to you by pig and a pickle the best barbecue in all of northern california check them out in emeryville and corda madera they're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. We're also brought to you by Marin Autoglass, 415-883-3030. MarinAutoglass.com on the bottom of the screen. If you shatter a windshield, crack a windshield, you need a new windshield, and you're in the Bay Area, MarinAutoglass.com is your friend. And we're also brought to you by Mojo Fantasy and Underdog Fantasy. Check the link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG, and they will um, match you up to your first $100. So we got a couple new sponsors coming on as well. We were not quite ready to announce them just yet, but they are official. So we uh, thank them for sponsoring our show as well if their representatives are watching us tonight. All right. Niners Packers go Saturday night, 515, I believe, is kickoff. Uh, catch me on 95-7 the game from 3 to 5 o'clock with the great low Neal from the Santa Clara Hilton. We'll lead into the ball game, and then, of course, after the game, we'll take your calls on our postgame show with myself and Kev, JD, uh, Baller, Rye, Danny, um, and all of your, your, your chats, and hopefully we'll be talking about a Niner victory over the Green Bay Packers, but Kev, this is uh, this is your night. This is 
this is your, you know, you're the point guard here. You're the Steph Curry. You're the, right. you're the guy who'd kind of, you know, everything emanates from you on the Wednesday night call-in show. So we're just going to, we're only going to go for an hour because Kev's got dinner, big dinner date. Um, but he'll go with Man, three. We're, we're working like, we're working like dogs this week, aren't we? It's the Man. playoffs. We're hustling. We're, like we're hustling. I got up at 6 a.m. to do an interview this morning with a Washington, D.C. radio right. station. Then right. me and Guy Haberman, who was also there today, sat down at 9 a.m. for a very successful stream. Um, and then I got in, in. Then I cut a couple videos for you to make sure you put out. Then I got in my car, went down to Santa Clara. Uh, practice, you know, all the locker room stuff. Um, and then got in the car, came right back. And as soon as I walked through the door, I, uh, flipped on the, 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 the studio and here we are now it's going to be, I'm, I'm glad that we're doing it early though. I, I really am because I want you to have a nice night. And also I'll be making a couple more videos, kind of recapping all of the locker room Intel that I, that I garnered. Uh, over the last two days, later on tonight. Uh, but fire away. Question number one. We're just going to hit three topics here, and then we will jump right into some some calls. Our tour Gazarian is already uh, lined up, and if you want to line up, please do. Uh, we're only the going. Link is in, the link is pinned in the chat. The link is pinned in the chat. Uh, but yeah, make That's sure right. to drop a like and subscribe. I titled the stream. How will the Packers try to stop Brock Purdy? And I specifically titled it for two reasons, and we're going to hit both of those reasons. The first one is a comment, and I'm going to share my screen here. Devontae Wyatt, uh, according to Matt Schneiderman, who is a beat writer for the Packers, right. said that Devontae Wyatt said, quote, when D linemen just get pressure into him, he's, all, he's always throwing off, or it's behind them, or it's overthrown, or short. When you get pressure on him, it's a guarantee. It's a guaranteed will get a turnover. Um, so that was Wyatt's uh, opinion on how to stop Rock Purdy. Now the thing is, the statistics don't really back it up. At least per PFF, Brock Purdy is the number one quarterback when blitzed. His or his PFF grade is eighty five point seven. Um, he Nobody also has told Devontae Wyatt. <laughs> he also has a 120 Clearly. he also has a 123.3 passer rating when blitzed. Uh under pressure his passer rating is 90.2 and his PFF grade is 62.2 which is not as high. So what were your initial takes on that comment and what do you think the key to stopping Brock Purdy is? Well, I mean pressure always is better than no pressure. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll say that right out of the shoot. You you know, it, it's football. You want to have pressure on the quarterback. Um I'm not sure if it's Al Davis, the you know, the quarterback must go down and he must go down hard. Um but you got to get you got to get pressure on the quarterback, but here's the thing about it. You have to get pressure with just your front four. If you have to rush five, and Green Bay's rushed five a lot. I was talking to Colton McKivitz yesterday in the locker room, and he's like, yeah, the one thing that stands out about Green Bay is that they do send five rushers quite often. And I would say, you know, what you're going to see is you're going to see, you know, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton inside. Then you're going to see Devontae Wyatt, Rashawn Gary 
and Preston Smith all coming after the quarterback a lot. So they're going to send five rushers, and occasionally you're going to see Lucas Van Ness. Occasionally you're going to see Carl Brooks. But it's basically those five guys, Preston Smith and uh, Rashawn Gary off the edges, and then Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt um, you know, as the defensive ends, and then even T.J. Slayton, obviously, you know, will try to get after the quarterback. T.J. Slayton's a nose guard. Uh, he's six four. He's three thirty. You know, the, he's not really known for his pass rush ability. Um, but yeah, those five guys are going to be getting after the quarterback. So, to me, it's you. You got to get heat on the quarterback, but you got to do it um, with your front four. And and they, you know, as I said, they're going to send five a lot. Um, and you got to know where that, if, if they're going to, you know, they, Colton was telling me that they will, you know, drop some guys into coverage. Occasionally, uh, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith will drop into coverage and, and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll fill in by sending a Quay Walker or Devondre Campbell, um, or maybe even one of their safeties, maybe even a Darnell Savage or a Jonathan Owens, um, and drop those extra guys you know, dr- drop that defensive end or the, those outside backers, I should say, into coverage. So the key is getting pressure without giving Brock Purdy a defined read. And then if you are going to give him a defined read, make sure that, you know, that you try to trick him a little bit and, you know, maybe have somebody replacing um, the guy who's rushing, you know, and and maybe disguise it a little bit. So maybe you're sending quay walker but you're dropping preston smith but you're giving a little bit of a disguise so there's on some uncertainty in brock's mind pre-snap and post-snap it's a little football esoteric but basically what you got to do is you got to mix it up and if there was one thing that i felt like from watching uh dallas in green bay that joe barry's defense did well is he did a nice job of mixing a variety of zone coverages and I would expect he's going to do a lot, a lot of the same here. They don't blitz a ton, um, but um, I think, and I, and I really don't expect him to blitz a lot versus Purdy because he's so good against the blitz. But they are going to try to create some confusion uh, on key third downs and drop guys into coverage and send guys from different different areas and create just even a has slight hesitation in Purdy and maybe try to take away his number one read. So. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's the advantage if Green Bay has one is that they do have a number of different guys that they could send as that fifth rusher and mix it up a little bit. And I expect they will. But I also expect Brock Purdy to feed the ball consistently to CMC and Ayuk and Debo and for the 49ers to counter that uh, effectively in this game. Yeah. Um, and Looking at the numbers here, one thing that pops up is if you're on PFF, looking at whether quarterbacks are blitzed or not, Brock Purdy has the high, highest NFL rating when blitzed. Uh, but right. you know who also is pretty high up on that list is Jordan Love, and that's going to be another key. The key to this game may may just be pressure. Who wins the pressure game? Who gets, who gets to the quarterback more? Um, and that probably is the way that you can disrupt both of these really high-power offenses. Um Another thing I want to get into, I'm not sure if you saw this or not. Actually, I know that you saw this, and it's been kind of trending all day long. And it's a radio segment where 
the people in Green Bay or ESPN Milwaukee had a pretty interesting take on how they want the Packers to uh, stop Brock Purdy. So just take a listen to this and then tell me what you think. But Gabe, I go back and it's little things like this. And the reason we won in 95 when no one gave us a chance in San Francisco is because we intimidated them. I mean, if you, and I always revert to Wayne Simmons, Wayne Simmons kicked the crap out of Brent Jones. And then it got contagious and then it carried over. That's why you guys are going to think I'm crazy. Well, we already thought Uh, that. So go ahead. A 15 yard penalty. And I don't condone this, but I kind of do in the playoffs. (laughs) Um, A 15-yard penalty for a late hit on Brock Purdy is not a bad thing, as long as it's worth it. Mm. I'm just saying, this is the mindset you go into when it's battle. And it's kind of like the reverse of hockey. What don't they do in hockey in the playoffs, Joshy? Shave their beards? That and one other thing. They don't fight. They don't fight. They don't fight. Right? This is kind of like sometimes a 15-yard penalty is worth it early in the game if you knock the living crap out of the guy. And then he kind of like sticking your helmet in the ribs of Nick Bosa is like, oh, I'm hearing ghosts. Well, first of all, okay. So that was was the radio segment. Obviously, that's Mark Chamura, right? Yeah, it's never it's never a good. It's never a good take when you're advocating for players to hurt other players out of like out of pocket. You know, that's what, what what's your take on that? OK, first of all, let's let's touch base on a couple of things. One, Rich, it's not about my take. It's about how do football players actually feel about what Chimura just said there. Here's Richard Sherman's comment. He said this is disgusting and has no place anywhere in sports or sports commentary. There's never a scenario where this is okay for any person or team. So I would agree with that. And um, I would also say that, you know, it's, it's just such a, it's such a, I almost asked Purdy about it today. Um, And I may ask him about it tomorrow at his locker when there's not everybody gathered around when the microphones are not all hot you know, where I may go up to him tomorrow at his locker and just say, hey, Brock, I know you heard this. What do you think of that? And I, and and just see his organic reaction, because here's the here's the problem. He understands in a in a presser today that that thing's carried by the NFL network. That thing's going coast to coast. That, so he's going to pick. He's probably going to claim that he didn't see it. Or that it doesn't, he doesn't, he's not bothered by the dialogue. He might have said, Yeah, that's interesting. I did see that. Um, I don't, I really don't have a comment on that. I don't think I was going to get a great, awesome answer from him. Otherwise, I would have asked it. I also felt like, Why am I dignifying this moronic comment from Mark Chimura, who's like, you know, had his, had his own issues and hot tubs with, you know, women and stuff, you know, he, we could, we can go peel the onion on Mark Chimura. And I don't think he wants to do that. So he might, you know, it's like almost like, it's like who the F is Mark Chimura anyway, at this point. (laughs) Right. But then let's also say, well, go back to that game. Okay. That he's referring to the 1995 Packers Niners playoff game 
Mike Holmgren was the head coach. It was held January 6th at Candlestick. Green Bay won that game 27-17. The 49ers early in that game threw a pass to the flat to Adam Walker, who was a running back. Craig Newsom, who was a young corner from ASU, hit him. The ball popped out. Newsom picked it up, and he ran it in for a touchdown and immediately packs up 7-0. Then Favre found Keith Jackson on a touchdown on the next possession, 14-0. Then Favre found Chimura on a 13-yard touchdown reception, 21-0. That's what happened. You want to talk what happened in that game? That's what happened. And if the 49ers fall into a 21-nothing hole, they're going to be in trouble again. And you know what the you know what the you know there was there was two things that the 49ers did in that game. The 49ers by the way had more total yards in that game. They were the better team. That's why they were at home. Niners had 308 total yards. Um three, 308 Passing yards, I should say, 395 total yards. Green Bay had 294 passing yards, 368 total yards. The difference in that game was the 49ers had eight penalties for 72 yards and four turnovers, and Green Bay had none. That's what happened in that game. It wasn't about it wasn't about Wayne Simmons hitting Brent Jones hard. No. It was about four turnovers and being minus four on the turnover margin. And if the guess the, get this, if the Niners in this game are minus four on the turnover margin and fall into a 21, nothing hole, they may lose as well. Right. That's what I took away from that. Not a dirty hit by Wayne Simmons on Brent Jones set a tone. And so that green Bay ought to have a dirty hit on Brock Purdy to set the tone. But it also kind of tells me that Mark Chimura looks at the Niners Packers and thinks that the Niners are quite a bit better and that it may take a, a, you know, a dirty hit uh, that somehow hurts the 49er quarterback to, to get Green Bay over in this matchup. It's classless. It's pathetic. It's weak. There's no place for it. I agree with Richard Sherman. It's disgusting. There is no place in sports or sports commentary for it. I can't agree with Richard Sherman more. And all I would say to Chewy is, um, bro, you're, you know, you're putting the ass in class. And, and as far as, as far as that game, obviously you took too many freaking hits to the head because that's not why Green Bay won that game. Green Bay won that game because the Niners fell into a 21 nothing hole. And, um, the Niners were minus four in turnovers, minus four. So, uh, a little revisionist history on the part of Shimura. It also shows that he's pretty classless. Um, but I will say this, the more physical team has got a great chance to win this game Saturday night. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Wayne, Wayne Simmons intimidated the Niners. And I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be intimidated by any hard hit. But physicality is a big part of pro football. And the Niners have to be physical in this game for sure. And Green Bay does as well. And I really do believe the team that is more physical is going to have a great chance to win. But that, you know, 
That's not why Green Bay won. Green Bay won because they jumped out to a big lead and they were plus four in turnovers. Obviously, it's a terrible comment. I do kind of I understand his overarching like kind of general what he's trying to get at, but he just said it in the worst way possible. Like I get yeah, I you don't get, say it out loud. Yeah, I mean, you I don't say that. He, he said it in the most douchebag like he said it in the most he just said it in the worst way he possibly could. Like he kind of showed his true colors. But I understand what he's trying to say in a sense that you know, be aggressive, get hits on the quarterback. Any defensive coordinator will tell you, tell his team, get hits on the quarterback, hit the quarterback, because there's a chance he might get hurt. And if he gets hurt or if he gets afraid, he plays like a different different player. And that can change the game. And it obviously worked for the Eagles last year when Brock Purdy left the game. So obviously you're not trying to intentionally hurt someone, but football is an inherently violent sport and you can hit a player hard and hurt them legally. So I'm not saying that you should ever try to hurt a player, but it's obviously, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting you every down, you're trying to hit the quarterback. So well, I mean, in this game, way Green, you could say it, there's a yeah, way that you I mean, can say it and he didn't say it right. Seriously, go after the quarterback, get some, get some hits on the quarterback. But the idea that you would intentionally, what he's kind of saying is trade up, like take a penalty, uh, like that's take not, a penalty, take a late hit, a personal foul it's wrong. Um, to, to get a, uh, you know, hit the quarterback you know, outside the rules of the game. Now in that game, Steve Young was intercepted twice and was sacked three times. Brett Favre was 21 of 28 for 299 yards, two touchdowns, and was only sacked once all day and through no interceptions. So I understand what he's saying. If, if he said, let's just say he said it this way. Hey, guess what? I've, I've played in the playoffs before the Packers have to show up, be super physical get some hits on the quarterback and really affect the quarterback. You know, if, if, if he had said that, that's one thing. Um, but the way he said that was, you know, uh, the, you know, that, that, that makes it seem like, Hey, you're going to, you're, you're going to make a phone call, put a hit on the guy. Yeah. And it's, it's, do people have such short, mem- people have such short memories. Cause it's like, Every single time there's a dirty hit, it's viral. And it's a, this is disgusting. This is disgusting behavior. And that's basically what he was insinuating. He was saying, take a penalty, which means that you're doing it on purpose late. So it's like, didn't Derwin James almost get suspended this year because he had, he had too many, or is it different safety? I'm thinking of someone, but like it, that's a, that's something that that's on your permanent record. You know, like your permanent, like late hits on a quarterback that are, that are obvious and intentional. Like that almost goes on your, you know, NFL soul record. Like you were a dirty player. And like, I'm not sure if players really want to be remembered for that, for that reason. Well, and, and also, I mean, you know, the, the funny thing is it's so, it's so lazy and it's like, dude, you played in this game. You could have busted out the box score and said, Hey, look, I have experience playing the 49ers in San Francisco uh, on the road in the playoffs. And they were the, they were the top seed. Uh, and we rolled in and beat them by 10. And how did we do it? Well, you know what? We led 21 to three at halftime. And Craig Newsom got an early turnover. And, um, you know, we sacked their quarterback and affected Steve Young more than they sacked Brett Favre and affected Brett Favre. But also, you know, if you look at this game, you know, the great Jerry Rice had 11 catches for 117 yards in that game. He was fantastic. Um, but they kept Jerry out of the end zone. That was one. 
And then if you looked at what Green Bay did offensively, Robert Brooks caught four balls for 103 yards, and Keith Jackson caught four balls for 101 yards and a touchdown. If if the Niners' top receiver it gets no touchdowns, and the Niners have a bunch of penalties and they fall into a hole and they're minus four in turnovers. And at the end of the day, one of those Green Bay tight ends has over 100 yards and a touchdown and one of their receivers has over 100 yards. Yeah. I mean, that's why they could lose or that's why, you know, Green Bay could beat the 49ers. Not because, you know, somebody what came unabated into the backfield and threw Brock Purdy to the turf and drew a penalty. I mean, it's like, and they traded that for some hard hit or you had some, you know, concussion on Purdy. I mean, I'll say this. I mean, you saw it last year in the Philly game. These guys play for real. Um, and the, when the money's on the table, anything goes, you know, to some level, as far as there's, you know, you saw um, Hassan Reddick grab, Brock Purdy's elbow and basically torque it out of its out of its deal and rip rip ligaments. I mean, guys are playing for keeps in the postseason when the money's on the table, but you don't advocate doing anything dirty. Uh, you advocate getting after the quarterback legally. I mean, and let, but maybe he feels like the 49ers are the better team, and that's the only way Green Bay gets over. Maybe that's what he was trying to tell us without without really saying that. Lastly, our last topic here, and uh, so if people want to jump in the on the call link, it's pinned in the chat, get in line before we finish this last topic. But last topic is a, a little short by Guy Haberman, who we love. We love Guy Haberman. does a Wednesday show at 9 a.m. with you, right? Yeah. And he had a, a certain take on, you know, where the 49ers could potentially Expose the Packers. Let me play it right here. Okay. 49ers have a big advantage over these Packers linebackers. They give up over an 80% reception rate. They can't cover. They're not top 40 in PFF and pass defense, but they're also not top 40 in PFF run defense. Look at this. Niners are salivating. CeeDee Lamb in the slot gets Quay Walker on him. He points. He tells Dak, let's go. Dak goes, okay, I see you. Here we go. Let's cook them early in the game. They got him. You know it's bad when the defensive player doesn't even celebrate the incompletion. Look at that. He just clapped his hands. That was not a incomplete. That was a, oh, my God. If I have to be matched up against this guy, we are in big, big trouble. 40 yeah. One, um, I liked what he looks like he's got, like, some kind of projection. Yeah. What's going on there? A lot of people have projector TVs. One I thing a, I will, one I thing I will, projector TV. <laughs> you got to have a projector, and you have to have a wall to project it on. All right. Well, I can um, get a wall to project it on. I want, I want all the toys that 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 Guy Haberman has. No, but he make his overarching point there is really sound, which is that Green Bay's linebackers give up over an eighty percent reception rate. Um, so that means, guess what? Kyle Shanahan can pick on those guys. And and go after him. And if you look at Green Bay, you know, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell, um, Quay Walker had like 11 or 12 tackles last week. He was everywhere. Campbell's a highly active linebacker. But, you know, the same thing, you know, I I think the 49ers can run the ball on this team. I think they can also isolate those linebackers and maybe even the strong safety, Jonathan Owens, in space against McCaffrey, 
who was just serious as a heart attack today in the in the Niner locker room. I mean, he was just so so serious. Um, he's fo- he's focused. George Kittle is focused. Debo Samuel is focused. Um, you know, the Niners. There was a confidence and a focus and an intensity about the Niners the last couple of days in their locker room that um, they respect the hell out of out of Green Bay. Um, watching Green Bay destroy Dallas in Dallas was a sobering reality that they can be beat, uh, that the 49ers can lose this game. And, um, you know, in some ways, I think Green Bay would have been better off just beating Dallas by like a field goal. When they hung half half a hundred on Dallas, basically in Dallas's backyard, it was like a loud alarm going off. Packers are for real. Packers are for real. All hands on deck. Packers are for real. Now the Niners have the the rest advantage, the experience edge, and a loud horn that's going off in their head saying the Packers are for real. And I think uh, in some ways. Um, I think, you know, you're going to see uh, the 49ers bring out the, this is going to bring out their A game. There will be no, you know what? Didn't really see Green Bay coming. No, no, no. Green Bay was so impressive last week that everybody, everybody sees them coming. So um, the Niners will not be surprised by Green Bay. Uh, but I did think that in, in that stat that he used, did you say, Kev, that was pro football focus? Yeah, I had the stats right here. So Devondre Campbell is giving up an 81.6% reception percentage. He's 81.6. Yes. Wow. Which, and he's down. averaging 12 at the per reception, 12.6 yards per reception. He's allowing. So the reception, uh, the completion percentage against him versus Campbell is 80, 81.6. Right. And he's allowing a 135.7 passer rating when targeted. Wow. So he's basically horrendous in pass coverage. The other linebacker, Koi Walker, right, is slightly better in coverage, and I, I mean, I mean, just slightly. He's allowing an eighty point three percent reception percentage, ten point two yards per reception, and a one hundred four point nine passer rating when targeted. Um, Do you have Owens in there? The strong safety as well. I can get Owens. Um, Owens not very good. Uh, I don't see Owens. Is he a safety or is he a strong safety? Mm. He might not have played enough. No, I don't. I don't. Oh, I see him. Yeah. Jonathan Owens, 69.4% reception percentage, uh, a 124.4 NFL passer rating. Anything over 100 is high. And all these guys are well over. Devondre Campbell's 135.7. Jonathan Owens, 124.4. So that's that's pretty bad. Um, And we can compare. We can compare this to the Niners if you want. Um, yeah, with, give me give me uh, what you got on on Warner and Greenlaw. Warner uh, is a is an eighty one point seven percent reception percentage, which is also high. But his NFL passer rating when targeted is eighty one point five, which is significantly lower. Okay, significantly lower. That's anything below one hundred is a below average. So he's at eighty one, which is good. Um, who else? Who uh, Greenlaw? Greenlaw. Let's see. Do I have Greenlaw? Greenlaw, 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 Greenlaw. Oh, yeah, I have Niners and that's why it's confusing me. I have Niners and Steel Packers. Greenlaw is allowing a reception percentage of 68.5, which is significantly lower, and a passer rating of 
So it's better. So actually, Warner's completion percentage allowed is higher than Campbell's. Right, but his passer rating is much lower. So like some of his receptions may like just be a dump off that he was you know covering in the flat, and then he makes a tackle. So the passer rating's low. And so, what did you say Walker's was? Eighty point three. Uh, his passer rating. No, the completion percentage. Yeah, it was like eighty. Let me find it. Walker's is Walker, Walker, Walker. Walker's is eighty point three. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, there. I think what what we're saying is Kyle Shanahan's going to make those guys the conflict defender. Um, at, you know, either Campbell or Walker or Owens is going to be the guy that they pick on. Um, and the night and, and, you know, don't, don't think that Aaron Jones, the Niners are going to have to cover the heck out of Aaron Jones. They're going to hand it to him as a runner. They're going to throw it to him out of the backfield. And if he goes off, um, then maybe green Bay wins this game, but, um, I'll take my chances. Yeah. They got to affect, you know, the one thing about the Niners, there's a quiet confidence about, about their whole mood, uh, this week, you know, Diamador Lenore said, hey, last year was sobering. They lost in, in Philly. They remember that feeling. And he said, that's why we're not going to lose. So, so there you go. There's a resolve to get it done. The 49ers have no excuses. Uh, it's their go time. They're the more experienced team. They're the home team. They're the more rested team. Um, Brock said that that, you know, he really felt like the the work that he did during the bye week was beneficial. I asked him about it today. Um, the Niners are feeling good. They're not going to be bold and with their statements or cocky or anything like that. They were, they have full respect for the Packers, uh, but they're not going to show up with an ounce of fear. And that's the way it should be. Are you ready to take some calls? Yeah, I am. Is that, do you have any more or is that it? That's all I got for tonight. Okay. Quick, quick show tonight. Quick show tonight. Kev's got a hot date. We go to Artur Gazarian. Hey, Artur, how are you, man? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, man. Good, good, good. Awesome, man. Uh, happy birthday to the girlfriend, Kevin. I heard you guys going to an Italian joint. You going with the flowers or a teddy bear? Or I, you, I already got. got the I mean, I already got the flowers, guys. And they were nice. expensive. They were really, I don't know you why. Go roses? Did you go carnations and go no, cheap? No, no, no. I know my girlfriend. You didn't go she cheap. She did told, you? she likes like tall, tall roses. She, she likes like greenery. It's, I don't know. She likes bouquets. I don't know. I went to this local right. slow place, but it was like 70 bucks. It's like, dude, <laughs> like why are flowers? It'd be so worth expensive? it. Love ain't cheap, it's brother. Expensive. Love ain't, ain't cheap. I mean, oh, I'll tell you that. But, I've been, you, I've been married for six years. Larry, I'm sure you've been married much longer than that. But man, the amount of money I spent on gifts and flowers—you uh, know—love ain't cheap, brother. Love ain't cheap. You know what you do is you buy cards in bulk, and then you just—you you, know—you you just pick your time. You know, sometimes you just send a card just for the hell of it, just for the heck, heck of it. That was a—that was a Bill yeah. Urbanic when I when I worked with him in the Canadian League. Let me tell you, boy. Let me tell you, I get a a box of cards. And I write my I write my woman some cards, <laughs> and you ought to do the same. I'm like, all right, all right, easy, coach. You, you know, you you're good with the nickel, and you're good with the dime, but don't tell me how to how to how to get get by love. Uh, but yeah, anyway, we got, so we got yes. this one in the chat telling me to break up with my girlfriend. 
<laughs> Give up the mm. woman. Trust me. Yeah. Don't um, do it. Ch- chocolates, card, flowers, flowers, flowers dinner. Um, yep. You always. How do I look in this? You look great in that. <laughs> I don't care if it's a glad bag. You look great in that glad bag. I mean, it's just, you know, you, nobody wears that glad bag better than you do. Um, you know, there you go. You don't look fat. You don't look fat in that. Do I look fat all. in this? No. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Trick question. There yeah. you go. Uh, yeah, After that, so- you're on your own, kid. All right. You raised him well, Larry. I'm sure he'll he'll do just fine. Um, but I was gonna I was gonna bring up the you know I've heard a lot of stuff about Purdy, man. Uh, to get back to the Niners, and uh, it's crazy to me, dude. Like I haven't seen a quarterback treated this badly uh, by some folks. Like you've got you know Jordan Love um, and C.J. Stroud doing well in their first year. And people are kind of seems like they're all in on them, and I think they should be. I think those guys are great quarterbacks. So you've got Purdy kind of doing amazing things in the second year, and people are sort of, you know, waiting for him to fail. Um, you know, the stuff with Nick Wright, the stuff, uh, just a lot of things floating around about this guy. Um, kind of like, oh, he's the weakest link. He's going to throw a bunch of picks. You know, pressure him, hit him. He'll throw a bunch of picks. It's crazy the disrespect uh, that this guy gets, and you know, all that. What what I see it as is draftism. Like this dude was drafted late. These guys were drafted in the first round. Like the thing with Nick Wright, where he puts all these first rounders, and then and then it's Brock Purdy. It's like, dude, come on. This kid has probably the most the most amazing story out of all these other quarterbacks. And it's like people are just waiting for him to fail. I don't get it. I think he's a great quarterback. He's doing well. And uh, he should get some respect, you know? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, there's just a lot. I mean, he, even locally, I mean, forget forget that guy. That guy's just a joker who's just, you know, a professional agitator, right? But there's still, I mean, there's still people even locally are going to be, you know, um, he, maybe Brock's not the guy and that whole thing. I mean, it's just, yeah, he is the guy. Whether they win this game or not, he is the guy. Absolutely. Um, there's no doubt. And so that that's going to annoy the yes out of me if they do fall short and it becomes this avalanche of, you know, he's not the guy. But, um, you know, I, I, I understand. I mean, I understand where people are coming from. I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of angst in the Bay Area because the Niners haven't won a Super Bowl in 30 freaking years. You know, nobody who's in their 20s has basically ever seen the 49ers win a Super Bowl. And they're tired of hearing about the iconic iconic franchise and Joe Montana and Steve Young and all the great Super Bowls and not get a little taste of it. And I get it. I get it. Um, But I think more than anything, um, you know, I, I think Brock will not be. I think the Niners will win. And if they lose, I don't really believe that he's going to be the reason they lose. I just don't. I think he's going to fire. Either. I think he's going to play well. Arthur, I, really, I do yeah. agree with you. It, it, it's interesting. It's almost like the national people or people that like the NFL, they don't like Brock Purdy's story, which seems crazy because yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. They just don't like they don't like that he was Disney special. I mean, they don't like who doesn't like Disney's going to turn this thing into a major motion picture if this right, guy wins right, on right, Super right. Bowl but Sunday. They don't like that he was on a good team 
they liked CJ Stroud because he's a rookie and he came to a team that had never won anything in a long time. And now he's now they're winning and they like Jordan love because the Packer, I mean, the Packers are still, they have a pretty good roster, but they like, they yeah. don't like how the Niners have a stacked roster and Brock Purdy can kind of just, you know, accept like, just walk into that. Like, that's why, but I it's like, like, you know, I, I was, uh, I'm part of Niner nation at Facebook. Someone made a really, uh, you know, brilliant a post comparing kind of Mahomes and Purdy, not in terms of their talent or anything, but in terms of uh, their story arcs and sort of how they're looked at. Uh, and they made the point that like Mahomes walked into a pretty good uh, Chiefs team that was winning with Alex Smith before he came in. They right. had a lot of talent on that roster. Yet when he came in, lost the, I think he lost the playoff game. I want to say to to new england or i don't know i forget who it was and then the buccaneers in the super bowl people were kind of calling him the franchise qb he walked into a great team with tyree kelsey and just andy a reed roster. Yeah. andy reed exactly like a great offensive mind great weapons same thing kind of purdy has and yet the perception of those two players are totally different i'm not comparing purdy to mahomes but you know you get my point but nobody yeah, does nobody does. here's the one thing too it's like Go back and in and search your your NFL history. Nobody does it alone. Joe Montana didn't do it alone. No one. Steve Young no. didn't do it alone. Nobody's talking about Steve Young's uh, weapons. Steve Young had freaking Ricky Waters, Bar None, Brent Jones, John Taylor, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, Bryant Young, Dana Stubblefield, Ken Norton. I mean, it's like nobody does this by themselves. I mean, nobody. So it's just, and you know, also right. they they weren't calling Mahomes the franchise quarterback. They were calling him the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, some people right. were saying they weren't just calling yeah. him a franchise guy. They were calling him like one of the greats. Ever. Like put him on Mount Rushmore today. It's the, I've said this before. The hardest thing I think in football, in terms of scouting or just player evaluation, is separating the quarterback from the rest of the team. And like because. Right. Every perception is reality. Whatever you see on the field, however the offense looks, you're going to credit that to the quarterback. Usually Brock Purdy, for some reason, isn't going to get that credit. But obviously Mahomes is not. He doesn't put up the same numbers he puts up without the same roster. You guys are. Yeah. Aren't sure. What year are you born? 1990. Okay, so you missed Joe Montana in the 80s. And Kev, of course, missed Joe Montana in the 80s. In a lot of ways. This is just a recurrence of what Joe Montana went through. Um, Joe Montana won the Super Bowl in 1981, and yet the talk going into the 84 Super Bowl in January of 85 was that Joe was a product of Walsh and that he was going to get outgunned by Don Shula and, and Dan Marino. And, you know, he, he outplayed him, won the MVP, won that second Super Bowl ring. And from that point on, he he had won over the national media. And I just think the same thing We're Mahomes' gifts are readily apparent. The guy had 50 touchdowns his first year. The guy throws a, a outstanding arm strength, um, nice mobility. You know, you can see his gifts. What makes people uncomfortable is that Brock's gifts are, are processing. His yeah. gifts are between the ears, his gifts inside his obvious. chest. He, his gifts are not readily apparent. It's not like, oh, yeah, of course he's the best. He throws it the hardest. No, no. He processes what he sees the best. 
And then he's, he throws with anticipation, which is, what would you say that is? That's a combination of vision, guts, spatial awareness. Once again, another trait that can't be easily discerned from just sitting at the 50-yard line and watching on TV. You have to watch it repeatedly. Yeah. In fact, if you watch it once, you think, was that accidental? Was that luck? And only after watching it over and over and over again do you realize, hey, wait a second. There's nothing fluky about any of this stuff. This guy's the real deal. And that's why the people that believe the most in Brock Purdy are the people that have been around Brock Purdy. Um, the, the, you know, Matt Campbell, the Iowa State head coach, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy's teammates, they're all in because they, yeah. they, they know the game better than the people who are watching it. And they've seen the patterns and they understand the differences. So, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's the greatest quarterback that ever ever walked the earth, but we can't see the gifts that he has, and because we can't see it, we're not going to believe it until he climbs to the top of the mountain. Just simple. I believe it. Maybe you believe it, uh, but the, the the naysayers will not go away until he beats the competition and climbs to the top of the mountain. I don't think it will take two rings like it took Joe because the NFL is much more about, you know, today, today, today than it was back then. The Niners won in 81, but he beat Ken Anderson and the Bengals and Walsh did have, you know, it, the West coast offense was in, was in vogue flooding a zone with multiple receivers and making a rece the defense kind of pick who they were going to cover. You know, there was some, he was ahead of his time as well, but people fell in love with the Walsh narrative and they didn't appreciate Joe until January of 85. And he beat Marino from that point on. He was, he was Joe cool. He was the guy he was unassailable. He was on top. And I think Brock, if he climbs to the top of the mountain, people will, will then start to embrace him as maybe the best processor of his era, maybe the best, um, anticipatory thrower of his era. But right now it's like that guy's got a bigger arm. That guy's got broader shoulders. That guy's more athletic. That guy's taller. That, you know right. what I mean? It's all that kind There's of no stuff. nuance. There's no nuance in, in a lot of the takes, especially the ones that are sort of trying to tear him down. But moving away from that, one last thing before I bolt uh, is the, the NFC to me, you know, not looking past any teams, I think we will beat the Packers. And I think if we go against the Lions in the championship, the NFC championship game, uh, I just think Goff is susceptible to a lot of mistakes under pressure, under heavy pressure, which, you know, I think the Niners will bring. So I think the Niners will advance to the Super Bowl. I'm wondering, the AFC is a lot more interesting to me. What's going on there with the teams there? you got the Ravens against the Texans, the Bills and the Chiefs, what team do you think comes out of the AFC ultimately? Uh, you know what? I, I'm 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 thinking it may be the Houston Texans. Wow. Really? Wow. Wow, Larry. I really do. I'm starting to think it might be the Houston Texans. Why? Because Derek Barnett and Greenard and the Alabama defensive end, those defensive ends are real. And their corners are real. And Stroud's real. And Stroud's weapons are real. And the left tackle they have is a blue chipper. And they've got a great offensive game plan. They've got a terrific defense. They're playing hard. I think they're going to, I think uh, the, the Ravens are hugely overrated. 
I think they're going to beat the Ravens. And then I think that Buffalo Kansas city thing is going to be a freaking war. And I think whoever yeah. emerges from that game is obviously going to have home field in the, in the conference title game, but um, they may be a little bit diminished because of, of the war that they will have battled there against each other. Gr- Buffalo lost Bernard this week. Um, you know, the, the, they're, they're dinged up. Kansas city is offensively. I don't think Kansas city can score points with yeah. Houston. And, um, to me, I'll, I'll say this. The only way the Texans don't get it done is if they fall into a major league ambush first quarter at buff at uh, Baltimore, where all of a sudden they're down 17, three or, and they spend the rest of the game. And that could happen because Baltimore is great at getting a lead and they're a bully team. But if you, if the Texans, if they settle into that game and they're ahead or score first, give me the Texans, man. Uh, you think, you, you you think know, if it uh, turns into a slugfest, the Texans can win that game? I don't think Lamar, Lamar can. I think if you make Lamar, you know, Lamar's one and three in the playoffs and he doesn't have great weapons outside of the rookie receiver. Now he's got, Andrew's coming back, but I I think Lamar, I mean, the real difference in Lamar is that Lamar, I believe is trailed in almost all the playoff games that he's played in. They fall behind and then he's got to become a pocket passer. And he's the Ravens are a classic bully team. He's an awesome runner, maybe the best running quarterback ever. And um, I just really think that they have to have the lead where Houston, I think could come from behind or have the lead. And I think Houston's so young and so talented and their defensive ends are so real that they're going to put heat. What I saw from Greenard and, um, and Barnett, Barnett looked awesome. And Greenard is absolutely incredible. And the Alabama kids amazing. And then you got Derek, you got Derek Stingley jr. On the back end. Who's a, you know, I mean, we all know he was drafted in what the top 10 or something. I mean, he's very much a blue chip, uh, corner. And I, I just like what I'm seeing there. Desmond King at 12 tackles. He's kind of a gamer. Jalen Petrie, the strong safety is really underrated. Steven Nelson's a very good, solid veteran corner. Um, I like them. Christian Harris. So I haven't even mentioned Christian Harris. He, he was the best player on the field in their game last week. So I, I love Greenard and Will Anderson and Derek Barnett up front. I love Christian Harris on that second level. And I think they're, I don't think their their defense is like smoke and mirrors. I think they're really good on all three levels. And then once I looked at Nico Collins, and you, you know Nico Collins, um, they got Dalton Schultz and Brevin Jordan. Singletary's running well. Stroud's yeah. playing well. Uh, I like Houston. I like Houston. It'd be crazy. Shanahan against D'Amico in the Super Bowl, dude. I the scriptwriters would go crazy. Uh, I absolutely could see that. Who do you guys like? Who, who? I mean, you know, I, I, you know, it's hard to go against Mahomes and Reed, but it just doesn't seem like their year. Buffalo's yeah. been so up and down. I don't know if they can play consistent enough over, you know, th- three more games to win the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think it's Houston. I think Houston's got tons of momentum, and I think the Ravens are, the Ravens are are primed for the picking. They really are. I mean, they beat the Niners in at Levi's, and they look good doing it, but. Um, I don't like their weapons at all. I really don't. I like flowers, but he's a rookie. Um, and I just kind of think if, if Ravens don't get the game that they, if they don't get the trip that they want, 
it's got to, you know, then I think Houston, you know, could beat them and maybe even beat them by 10. So I'll, I like Houston. Yeah. Teams have come back on the Ravens. I mean, the three games they lost, I think they were ahead. Right. Teams came back, so they have some issue closing out games. I like the Bills, honestly, and I know they're not consistent. It's true. Josh Allen's kind of up and down. Yeah, some days he'll be amazing, uh, run for a ton. Other days he'll throw a bunch of picks, make a bunch of mistakes. I don't think the Chiefs have enough firepower on offense to get past the Bills. I think the Bills squeak that one out, and then I think uh, either Texans or Ravens uh, against the Bills. I think Bills. Uh, advance and then they lose to us in the super bowl that's how i see it archer have a great night man we got to get kev on his date so we got to go we got to go uh speed round so we'll let you go brother all right brother have a good date uh kevin crew thanks man pleasure as always man all right there you go archer gazarian uh i like him i like him a lot just talked to him uh we just talked to him on monday i know i know i like him sf sf fire department i'm always back in the fire department hey archer by the way if you're still listening uh, I would love an SF fire department hat. I saw that hat that you had the other day, man. If you can, if you can find me an SF fire department hat, uh, Larry wants to rep it. I want to rep the SF fire department hat. I really do. It's a good look. Chase is in the house. What's up, Chase? We got to go speed round because Kev's got a hot date. What up, Chase? I got you. I got one too, so it's all good. Oh, there you um, go. Wait a second. Right, is right. that? So- I noticed that orange emblem there. There used to be a baseball team that I used to watch that was somewhat interesting. Don't even get me started, science- man. Minor league players left and right. Uh, go ahead. Chase has impeccable <laughs> audio. Chase, what are you rocking with the audio right now? You got. I think the audio. same one that your dad's got. I think. You sure. Look at that. Yeah. 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 Chase, I'm I once again, all this, I'll so. say is this. Farhan's going to Farhan. True that. Amen <laughs> to that. No doubt. Where are you calling from, man? Where are you? Uh, Chico. Chico. I go to Chico nice. State. So, yeah. Yeah. What year? I, what year? I am a senior. Oh, we're the same yeah. age. My second son yeah. is thinking about Chico. Thinking about Chico. Did, did you enjoy Chico? It depends what right. you're going here for. It's complicated. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going here just to focus on school, then, it, you know, it, there's a lot of partying going on. So just keep that in mind, you know. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. We, we would expect anything, sure. anything else. Exactly. Give us your one, your one comment. Unfortunately, we're going speed round here. All good. All right. So it might be a little bit of a hot take, but I think that we're giving the Packers defense way too much credit. Obviously, this is a very different Packers team than the one that came to Levi's in 2019. But the Niners did beat the Packers 37 to 20 in that NFC championship. And that Packers defense in 2019 was ranked 18th in total yards. The one that they have this year is ranked 17th in total yards and they're 28th against the run. Um, their numbers are solid against the pass, but that's probably because they're so bad against the run. So I'd expect an outcome probably similar to the 2019 NFC championship. And if they lose this game, like you said, there's zero excuses. And I think the game against Dallas was more of a indictment on the Cowboys rather than a credit to green Bay personally. That's a great point. I think I'll say this. I asked Chris Forster, the nine or O line coach today. I said, Chris, Green Bay gave up 200-plus yards rushing four times this year. Obviously, you watch those films. Was there any common denominators? It was kind of one of my dumbest questions because, come on, what's he really going to say? Yeah, the common denominator is that, you know. So, you know, I, I kind of kicked myself on the way out of the room going, he wasn't going to really answer that question. But the Niners haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher the whole yeah. season the entire season. 
So they have a lot uh, of hundred yard rushers since since Justin Fields in twenty twenty one. Right. So really? I mean, to me, Damn. it's yeah. The Niners haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher in a long time. So it's to me, it's this whole game. It's football, right? It's run the ball, stop the run. And I think the yeah. Niners are going to be able to run the ball. And I think McCaffrey's going to have a big day. And I think they're going to have a. I think they're going to be able to stop Aaron Jones. Um, and I'm, I'm going to hang hang it hang my my uh, my confidence on that right there. Armstead did say, hey, look, we've gone against Jones a lot. He's a small back, but he's tough. But we know what we're up against. So it's not like they're going up against a back they're not familiar with. They're definitely yeah. familiar with him. They understand he's the guy. And that's going to be the game plan. I asked Steve Wilkes about, about Green Bay offensively, and he's like, I said, man, uh, you know, the quarterback's on a freaking come, coming in hot as heck. He's hot as fish grease. What's the plan? And he said, you know what? Take away the run, take away yeah. the run, make him play the position, make him go through his, through his progressions from the pocket, take away the run. So the Niners are going to be geared up to take away the run. It's not like they're going to be surprised by Aaron Jones. So uh, I think it starts there. I think the Niners are going to run the ball and stop the run. And a lot of it's going to come down to who takes better care of the football and who, uh, who, who settles for field goals and who scores touchdowns in the red zone. Amen to that. Hey, I'll let you guys get out of here. I know you're busy, Kev, so uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> Chase, be, don't be a stranger, man. Call in again. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. There you go. Chase hanging in Chico. Uh, we go to Alan from Coles in Indianapolis. Hey, hey, what's going on, Alan? We got to go quick because yeah, Kev's got, got a hot date. Kev's got a hot date. I got you, and I got you a hot take. I, I see Tampa beat uh, Detroit in Detroit. Wow, that is a hot take. Tell me why. Um, a lot of people was underestimating Tampa throughout the year. It's because you know they're a little up and down of a team. Nobody took them serious. Nobody took that whole division serious. I feel like all of us can agree on that. And they got they got, got they got team. people. Tampa's got they a got, good defense. Yeah, and they got people that was still from that Super Bowl year they had with Brady and stuff. So I feel like they they might be better off beating the lions because of the experience they have. That's interesting. Uh, I will say this Antoine Winfield's maybe the best safety in the game that didn't get recognition. He's playing with right. a chip on his shoulder. So Antoine Winfield could be the difference maker on the back. Hey, end. And there's still some players on that team that won a super bowl. Don't forget that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. that's my whole purpose. Uh, you know, the lines are still young. They still, you know, got that little hunger and stuff, but they don't understand like the experience of, what it takes, you know. I hear you, Alan. But we, oh, go ahead. One more comment, well, then we got to jump because Kev's okay. got a hot. Um, I want to hear. I didn't hear the whole show. I just came in a quick second because I know you was going to do a call in today. Um, what is the biggest matchup you worried throughout the Packers game? Is it? Uh, I could leave after this. And I can hear what you got to say after, so you can. Um, that. The, the biggest matchup, Kev. Why don't you go first? What do you think the biggest matchup is, Kev? I think it's going to be the DBs versus Packers wide receivers. Even though there's not that many big name guys on the Packers, they have good, solid receivers. You know, they have Jaden Reed, they have tight ends, Tucker Craft, and um, what's the, the other guy's name? Musgrave. Luke Musgrave. Um, obviously, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. They, they have a depth of offensive receiving uh, weapons. And the Niners mm-hmm. have a banged up secondary in some sense without Hafanga. You have Tashawn Gibson and you have some. 
young DBs and Charvarius Ward. So that's that's where I'd be most concerned. If the 49ers can't get pass rush to, you know, make the ball come out quicker, that potentially the secondary could get torched. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's on the D-line and O-line. Rasheed Walker and Zach Tom against uh, Chase Young and Nick Bosa. And then, you know, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith against Trent and McKivitz. Um, you know, if, if Purdy's running for his life all day, you know, the Packers have an opportunistic secondary that can pick off a couple passes. If, um, if Jordan Love has all day to throw, um, the Niner DBs are going to have a hard time standing up to these receivers. So I think it's really, you know, the one thing that worries me is that Green Bay is number two in the NFL in pass block win rate. And so the Niners have got to find a way to get that pressure on Jordan Love and make speed him up somehow, some way. If he's allowed to just sit back there and drift and drift and, you know, uh, Green Bay did a nice job against Dallas pass protection-wise. They didn't sack the quarterback, what, at all, I believe. So, um, to me, that, that Bosa is – we're going to have to walk out of this game going, man, Bosa and Chase Young are, are legit. If we walk out of this game going, where was Bosa? Where was Chase Young? That's going to be a bad, bad omen. Yeah, I agree. I, I would say probably just the trenches in general. You know, yeah. I feel like we was we, that's where we was mostly banged up. Um, I feel like that's what we I should be we should be keying on is just the trenches. You know, I feel like that's our only biggest worry. Alan, we got to jump. Have a great night, man. Right, you too. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate Thank you. you. Have a great night, in Indy. Big Mo Easy. It wouldn't be a call-in show. We tricked him we up, didn't bro. Go. We we tricked him up. We went too early for him. He probably was surprised. You're Big, muted, by the way, Big Mo. You're muted. Oh, you're, Mo, mute. you're Bo, muted. You're hit, you got to hit mute. You you got to hit unmute, I should, we should say. Whoops, my bad. Okay, yeah, Thank so you. I was just driving in my truck, cruising. I'm like, call-in show. Oh, no, man, they tricking me, man. Oh, no. But, <laughs> we well, I, Kev got a date. I understand Kev got a date. You know, he's putting vagina before the boys. It's okay. <laughs> oh, we've, oh, all no. we've all done it, man. It happens. You know, you're still young. It's okay. I think what I think what Big Mo said there was he was making a reference to the Canadian city Regina. <laughs> That's Regina. <laughs> We use the medical term. We use the medical term. It's a family <laughs> show. Gosh. I'm oh, not telling her yeah. about that comment. I'm not telling uh, her don't do do not tell don't, her about don't that comment, comment. Kev. Just stay out of the mix, man. You'll be all right, bro. Yeah, I love yeah. you still. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, I just want to yes. call in real quick. I just want to say, you see what I'm wearing, bro? I got the camo Ooh. on tonight because it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a battle. But guess what? We're gonna win this battle. We're gonna win this battle as long as we have the right game plan. Please, Kyle, don't fuck this up. Excuse my language, but please, <laughs> Kyle, please. Bro, we got the horses. We got the we got the game plan. If you use the right one, man, we can stomp these fools. I'm not even tripping on it. But, bro, please, 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 Kyle, don't let your ego get in the way and call some crazy, some crazy plays. And next thing you know, all the 49ers empire is sitting back crying like, bro, what just happened? I don't want to feel that. I don't think we're going to feel that. Let's go Niners, bro. Let's get that dub. Hell yeah. There you go. Cal, uh, Cal's man says Purdy is going to go for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. No picks. I will say this. You know, 
I would encourage everybody to go watch the sit down that Brock Purdy did with Steve Young. And I asked Brock about it today and he said, man, it was really cool and it was really instructive. And, and I think there, it was like, Steve asked him some great questions. I think Steve's interview of Brock put Brock in just the perfect frame of mind going into this weekend. I love the way the Niners didn't give Brock um, a bye week. They basically just worked him. He, you know, he he had a couple of days off, but other than that, he's watching tons of film. He's doing field work. I asked him about it today. He said, "Hey, you know, we went back and corrected some mechanical things, and just you know, he's one. The teams that win are usually quarterbacked by the team by the quarterback who continues to get better." as the season progresses. And that's why I think love is good. I think that's why Purdy is, has been and been really good. I think that's why Stroud is so dangerous. These guys are all continuing to get better, but Purdy, I think Shanahan really has the quarterback that he wants. He's got the weapons that he wants. He's got the trip that he wants. He's got the health and the rest that he needs. I like the Niners. I like the Niners. I think they're going to get it done. I, and I'll say this. I think Niners... Green Bay is going to be their toughest test. I, I think they're going to handle the Lions, and I think they're going to handle the Texans. But I so think this, this is oh, going to be a bro. tough game. So let's talk about this, and this is what nobody's really talking about. Bro, let's be honest, man. Dallas is really a one type of offense team. Their run game really ain't nothing. You know right. what I mean? And, yeah, and they run deep. They right can't here. stop the run or exactly. run the Exactly, exactly. And so that's why I'm not worried about it, because what we're going to do is we're going to give them a heavy dose of McCaffrey, we're going to give them a heavy dose of Debo. We're going to give them a heavy dose of Elijah. And then guess what? When they pull them boys up to stop the run, pew, it's purdy time. I think they're going to give them a heavy dose of Debo, too. I mean, I think Debo is going to run all over them. I, I, I would not be surprised that. if Debo got five or six carries in this game. Oh, man, I'm betting, Debo, I'm betting Debo's rush yards over this time. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love that angle, too. Big Mo, you got one. You got one more comment on our way out. So I do have one more comment. I just want to say, gentlemen, I love you guys. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I hope and I pray and I know that we're gonna do this thing. So I don't want to have to come on here next week crying about some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, none of that. Happen. We're rested and we're ready. And I don't think, bro, with the vest that we have on our team, I don't think we're gonna come in with the rust, man. We're focused, and I'm feeling it, man. I feel very positive. Let me just say this. Two more games, bro, and you guys going to be in Vegas. Let's go. <laughs> Hopefully that's what works out. But anyway, thanks again, guys. I appreciate you, Kev, going your date. Uh, Big in the pickle. I love you guys. Oh, one more thing. Check this out. Speaking of girls, bro, look at what my team got. Check this out. What do you got there? Can you see it? Can you is, see that a, it? is that autographed? Is that a Kittle jersey? Is that Debo? No, it's, it's my Kittle jersey. You? It's a picture of you. Yeah, it's a picture of me and Debo. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'm is that a cutout? Did she turn that, that into like a into like a, a cardboard cutout? No, she made it into a big-ass picture frame from my man cave. Oh, dude, look That's at that. That's sick, dude. That is sick. Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't realize that. that that's your... That's leaned up against your couch. That thing's fucking huge. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> that it's thing's huge. like four feet tall. Yeah, it's huge. Like it's it takes up the whole wall, but it's awesome, man. It's just me and Debo kicking it like hey. <laughs> Dude, very sweet. Big Mo, have a great night, brother. Gentlemen, pig in the pickle. Love you guys. Let's get that W. Nine is for life. Let's go. Big Mo.
Easy. Uh, All right. Two show without him. Would've two supers here. We got this one from Chrissy. She says it's back to the nineties, not nineteen nineties, but the number nineties. The number ninety through ninety nine are going off. All of them. Mark it down. Chrissy says the Niner D line is going off. Ninety Givens. Ninety two. Um, who isn't ninety two? Chase. Ninety four is Cleveland Farrell. He won't be playing. Uh, 97 is Bosa. 98 is Hargrave. 99 is Kinlaw. Chrissy, 1687. I like it. I like it. I like that mindset. Go for broke says, what do you think of former Packers tight end and current Milwaukee radio host, Mark Chamura advocating for green Bay players to injure Brock Purdy on Saturday? Um, classless in a word classless, uh, as simple as that. And also, um, you know, that's something that in some ways is defining. You don't want to win the game. You want to hurt your opponent. I, I thought the whole game plan was, you know, don't hurt your opponent, but win the game. Instead, he's like, you know, hurt your opponent. I think it just shows the desperation. It shows that he doesn't really think that Green Bay can come out here and win unless somehow they knock Brock Purdy out. And they're probably right. They're probably right. Chewy. Look up Mark Chamura and Hot Tub. Just go to go to Google and hit Mark Chamura Hot Tub. See what pops up. And you, that's all you need to know about Chewy. All right, Kev. Uh, good stuff. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle. Thanks to New York style Italian sausage. Thanks to um, Underdog Fantasy, Mojo Fantasy, Marin Auto Glass. Give them a call 415 883 3030. Raphael 562 Niners. Says, great show, gentlemen. And uh, Raphael says, like and subscribe, everybody. Almost 500 people in the chat. We had to go quick tonight. Kev, I'll give you the final word before we bolt for the door. Um, what is your final final thought? First off, I want to say we will be back at the 7 o'clock uh, show next week. I know it screws everyone up because you assume it's it's 7, and we did it at 6. And I also put it, I put out the thumb, like the preview for it, like literally minutes before we started. So my apologies. This one's on me, and I blame my girlfriend. So that's that. <laughs> Second, uh, please drop a like. Please subscribe. Please comment on the Instagram. Uh, we're working like dogs this week because we're putting out so much content. I have like a full list of things I still need to do. We dropped like eight reels of your questions from uh, Santa Clara today. So... Check those out. Uh, we'll have another video coming out tonight called 49ers Info where um, you're going to be doing basically all the stuff you got from the locker rooms. And you had a, a basically one-on-one -on -one interview with Steve Wilkes today because no one was in the press conference when you guys were interviewing them. So I think that's hilarious, and you can talk about that. Um, and then, yeah, tomorrow is your big show. We were trying to get on a Packers beat writer uh, for sometime on Thursday. Friday or Saturday or no, the game's on Saturday. So not Saturday, but uh, sometime Maybe before. Friday afternoon. We, you know, just so you know, the rest of the week on the channel tomorrow night at six 30, we do the big show with Vish and Jesse tomorrow. I'll be in Santa Clara at one 30 uh, to talk to Kyle Shanahan, but we'll try to get something scheduled for Friday, Friday at 8 a.m. Damon Bruce stops by Friday at 10 45 chase senior stops by. Uh, Grant's going to stop by Friday at 4.30. So sometime between 10.45 and 
I'm going to have somebody from Green Bay on. And then Saturday morning, we go live with the coach at 9. I'll be doing 95-7 the game pregame from 3 to 5 from the Santa Clara Hilton. We'll do postgame as well. Our chore says, Larry, let me know how I can get the SF Fire Department merchandise to you, my friend. Kev, what's the best idea? Maybe uh, maybe follow DM, Kev? DM you, on, DM you on Twitter and just... Exchange yeah, DM me on Twitter and we'll we'll ex- we'll exchange some uh some info. But uh, you don't have to if you if you can't. But if you got a li- a one laying around, I'd love to help support the SF Fire Department. Absolutely, Kev. Have a great date. Uh, tell your girlfriend I said hi and um and thanks to everybody who's in the chat. Thanks to everybody who's followed the channel. And for Kev, I'm Larry. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you